0: You're listening to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue with Adam Bartels.
1: Welcome to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue. It is my extreme joy and privilege and pleasure to welcome into the podcast today, Coach Matt Painter. Coach, how are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Thanks for having me on. Well, thank you so much. I can't think of a better way to start a Friday morning than talking hoops with you. So I'm really, uh, really grateful for your time today.
0: I no problem.
1: To, oh, thank you. I, I I had Coach Versipon earlier in the week on the show, and I kind of want to start the same question. I started with her, and, you know, it's been a, obviously a crazy offseason unlike anyone we've ever seen before. Just kind of talk to me about how you, your staff, and your, your players have just been holding up
0: through these crazy times. Yeah, you know, it's difficult. I think the one thing that always jumps out when somebody you think has an advantage or not have an advantage is it's different for them. But this is the same for everybody. Um, when things kind of hit, um, is going to be different. Um, we've been able to, you know, be pretty injury free through the years. And right now, you know, we have three guys that are out, you know, due to injuries and one has a respiratory issue, uh, other one mono and the other one has a hurt knee. So, um, we've been hit a little bit just, just from an injury standpoint. And, um, but it's also an opportunity for other people to step up and play. And and get a lot of time in practice, um, and really work towards you know that first game. And you know, obviously with with COVID, it's everybody's got their fingers crossed, and you're holding your breath so you can get to you know that first game, get to the second game. And I think it's going to be that way in between each game. You know, it's just the way it's going to be. But if you can control, you know, really just you know your mindset the day, um, and just do the best that you can and work. And I know that sounds simple, but if you sit around and worry about everything and get caught up, you can only, you know, worry and control about, you know, things that is right in front of you. So just do your best, um, make good decisions. And then if, if something hits us or our team and we have to quarantine, then so be it. We'll, we'll make those adjustments and, and, uh, and go on the fly and, and don't, don't, don't get too caught up about um, anything else. Yeah, control the controllables, right? Yes talk sir. About,
1: talk about what your message has been to your team to to do that to protect themselves as far as being responsible outside of the gym to you know to avoid catching the virus.
0: Yeah, you know, you just treat everybody like they have it, you know, just you know, wear your mask, you know, all the things that people talk about, you know, we, we talk about in in general from a basketball standpoint of shrinking your circle, you know, of just knowing you know, the people that are around you and just have positive influences around you. And now at times it's eliminating your circle with COVID, you know, just keep things really simple in terms of the basketball, the academics, you know, to your apartment. And um, that's the best way to go about it. I think the thing that's frustrating for coaches and for players is when something happens and, and they are trying to do the right things. I think that's frustrating for just people in general. You like you get people that do everything that they're supposed to, and then all of a sudden they still test positive. And that's just kind of part of it. Um, but but continue to do those things. And uh, and I think for our players, for the most part, we have done that. I don't think anybody out there that's 18 to 22 years old is 100% across those lines.
1: Yeah, for sure. I'm sure uh, uh, practice and focusing on the first game coming up next week has been a, probably at least a good distraction to to block the outside world for at least a little bit each day. Uh, talk about how your team is shaping up, and uh, I know you mentioned a couple of the health issues here, but outside of that, talk about how your team is coming together for the season.
0: Yeah, you know, our first game is Wednesday. Obviously, down in Florida, we'll leave uh, Monday, but Liberty's a really good team, well coached. They were 30-4 and four last year. Um, without, you know, being in the NCAA tournament, you know, they could have won more games, obviously, in the NCAA tournament. So, um, you know, we're going to have our hands full. And I think that's the one thing that I've always tried to talk about to start the season, about how many good players and good coaches and good teams that there are out there. And um, and, and we're going to have to be prepared, um, you know, for Liberty. We've done some things to prepare for them a little bit um, already, but we'll really dive into it, you know, in our practices Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday and, and start to get prepared and start to get into our routine, you know, and that routine might get broken at some time, but, you know, that, that's what you try to do, you know, as a coach, is get your, get your guys into a routine, get them into a clear mind, understand the things that we need to do to be successful. Yeah.
1: You mentioned kind of the, the health of a couple of guys. I, I know, obviously, uh, Eric Hunter Jr. is out for several weeks here. I talk yeah. about um, uh, Emmanuel. I think it was the one with the respiratory issues. And uh, Ethan with the, the motto, how are they doing and how close are they to a return?
0: Yeah, well, they're they're not. You know, Ethan is back in in, in in around practice. He's not totally in practice, so, you know, his will be about a month on on, on Sunday of being out from for uh, for mono. So, just taking it slow, and uh, you know, mono has those lingering effects, and and so the last thing you want to do is come back too early. So he he he's not ready to to practice right around right now, let alone play. Eric Hunter's you know been out for about a week and a half now, going on two weeks, and um. His rehab's has been really well. We said six to eight weeks. I'd be shocked if it's if it's six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's doing some good things. Emmanuel went to the doctor yesterday, and um, you know, had some positive results from from his visit at the doctor. But now, just trying to get him into uh, any type of uh, exercise, cardiovascular. Um, you know, he's done nothing for two months, and mm-hmm. and so that's going to be extremely difficult for him. Um, to get back into the flow of things but once he's cleared and you know we'll start that process of of, of weaning back in um, you know to physical shape but we're also going to take it slow and and, and make sure with all those guys that you know their health and safety um, is the most important thing.
1: Yeah well let's talk about some of the strengths and weaknesses of your team. Uh, You know this is a team that I mean see if you agree with me on this and tell me if I'm wrong but It seems like um, maybe not the most experienced team you've had, but it seems like to me, maybe since 2010, maybe the deepest team you've had, um, you know, especially with eligibility issues, it seems like you could, you know, potentially test out 11 guys this year. If I look at the roster correctly, guys who who potentially play, Uh, just talk about uh, the strength of having some depth this year, especially with these, health issues that we were already experiencing?
0: Yeah, well, you know, we have, you know, our, our junior class or guys that on our Elite Eight team came off the bench for us. And, um, you know, I, I thought they all transitioned into their, their sophomore year last year. Um, it's a lot different from, you know, playing anywhere from five to 20 minutes in a game to just starting or playing, you know, half the game or even more than that. So, um, you know, just trying to take their experiences that they've had. and 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 be steady and be solid for us you know each one has different strengths different weaknesses but play to your strengths you know be a productive player and you know have great effort have a great competitive spirit about you um, and just play the game the right way after you've been in college for three to four years and you've been in the same system understanding you know Playing the game the right way to help your team win is so important. Um, and, and then, you know, we have a lot of young guys. You know, Isaiah Thompson got some experience last year, played about half the game for us. You know, you know looking for him to, to take a step and, and be solid with the basketball, you know, to make good decisions, um, get people involved, you know, look for a shot, use his quickness. But then we have some talented freshmen, Zach Eady and, you know, Jaden Ivey and, you know, we mentioned earlier, you know, you know, Ethan Morton, but we also have two redshirt freshmen. And Brandon Newman and Mason Gillis that sat out last year for us that, you know, bring us, you know, some good size, you know, in our backcourt, you know, Mason's like a 3-4 type guy for us. Brandon's like a 2-3, you know, type guy. Both of them can shoot the basketball. Isaiah Thompson, um, you know, can shoot the basketball. And, and so when you're looking at piecing things together, um, you know, our skill level jumps out. You know, obviously our size with Travion Williams, you know, we need him to be, um, you know, just load force down there, you know, passing the basketball, rebounding the basketball, being aggressive. I um, was 13 for 14 the other day um, in a scrimmage from the free throw line, which was a great sign. And uh, just being aggressive, you know, Zach Eady has, has, has really played well for, for a true freshman in practice. Um, but obviously we have a, a long way to go. Jay Nivey has a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. Um, can make shots, can make threes, can make pull-ups, can get to the basket. Um you know, we really tried to lock in with him when everybody was healthy about learning one spot. And now with this, he's had to learn a couple spots, and that's hard. That's very difficult for young people to learn two different positions. Um, as time goes on, that most of them master that, and they, they can learn even more than two positions um, if they have that versatility. But um, he, he's going to be counting on, you know, right away. Because he gives us a guy that can break people down and get us a basket. Yeah.
1: You mentioned Travion. Of course, he's on the Naismith uh, Award watch list uh, preseason. Talk about the importance he brings and the
0: value he brings to your team this year. I think just winning games. You know, I think that's what it leads to a lot of times when, you know, uh, individual things pop up and, you know, your preseason all-conference and, um, you know, you're on the the wooden award list, you know, whatever, you know, things they do to start the season, you know, the goal is to be on those things at the end of the season. Right. that that, that's the goal those things before the season don't don't matter but he will be on those things if our team's good i know that and so you look at all the individual honors you know that you know carson edwards or caleb Swanigan or edwards or isaac haas or you can go right down the line you know with with the guys that we've had in our program you know there's you know big ten championships behind them there's you know sweet 16s there's elite eights you know and so when you have success as a team you know the individual things will take care of themselves, but now we expect you know Travion to have a big time year for us and have that consistency, that daily consistency. You know, practicing hard, playing hard, having fun, and uh, and helping you know Purdue win games.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned a few minutes ago about the scrimmage with the free throws. I know Purdue fans, that's one thing they always kind of cringe about. But you know, reading some articles about how much he's improved, uh, at least in the off season and in practice at the free throw line, how important is that for him to reach that next level of of
0: greatness? Uh, you know, from the free throw line. Well, I think when you're making your free throws and you, you've had struggles, now it allows you just to be that more aggressive and that more confident. Because it, at times when you're a good player and you can do some things, you pass up on being aggressive because you don't want to get fouled. You know, you're one for six in the game, you know, and now all of a sudden, like, you're really passive because you want to score the ball, but you know now that they're probably more prone to foul you since you've proven that, you, you know, you haven't knocked them down. So hopefully this will... Give him confidence, you know. Get some consistency, and then he'll even be more aggressive. You um, got a starting five ready yet? Or are you still kind of
1: working that out, especially with the health issues? We're we're still working on it. We're okay. Still working. <laughs> um, I imagine you know. You said Zach Eadie's come along really well, especially for a true freshman. Um, obviously, I would assume uh, you're the coach, not me. Uh, you're probably not ready to start yet. Are you right now leaning towards Travion probably being at five and playing a uh, smaller lineup, or are you kind of still wrestling with that?
0: We're, we're still kind of wrestling with it a little bit. We haven't had the chance to to put them together very much at all just because of our numbers and um, you know just trying to get some things pretty concrete so we can play a game. And then that's been the one thing about young players, is if, if they're not ready to go yet, not from a talent standpoint, from just a structure, organization, production standpoint, they normally get left behind for a little bit. That's why you'll see some guys play 8 to 12. And you're like, man, I like him. Why doesn't he play? Well, he doesn't know the plays. Or doesn't know his defensive assignments. Or, you know, he doesn't, you know, sprint back on defense. Or, you know, whatever it might be. You know, and so, like, you learn. It's, it's, it's a learning curve for young guys because you want to get them right. Sometimes guys that come in and play right away, right, they don't learn hard lessons because they keep playing. And then they keep losing. And then they think that's okay and it's not their issue. Well, they never got right from the start with, if you can get guys and you can get them right, it's so important. So you don't want to give them much. But when you're in a situation like we are, and and you're in that need, you know, now guys get to play through some mistakes. Now guys get a little bit more of an opportunity and it's not always the same in every year. It just depends on your personnel and and depends on your depth. And uh, so for us, you know, you, you sit here, you try to help guys, but you also want them to get it right. So in the future, they understand how hard they have to play and the discipline they have to play with.
1: Yeah, uh for sure. And I've always respected you for this and 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 showing that discipline and not just, you know, handing things over to guys. And, you know, we talk about the challenges of injuries or COVID. I've always argued that there's no coach greater no greater coach in America than adjust to what he has in front of him than you. So kudos to you for just continuing well, to do that. Yeah. No, no problem. Um so grateful to have you guys <laughs> to have you as our as our head coach here at Purdue. Um, schedule was finally released. Uh, I think two days ago now. Um, obviously, I'm sure you've got a chance to look at. You already mentioned starting uh, next Wednesday down in, in Florida uh, for the Space Coast Challenge against Liberty. Uh, like you said, a tough opponent to s- just start off the year. Great measuring stick to see where you guys are at. I have to uh, drop this. in, of course, the the second matchup is potentially against Clemson or Mississippi State. Uh, Chris Hagan here and I were already. Joking about you know my alma mater versus him in that second game, so we kind of kind of hope to see that matchup. And uh, so I can, you guys got to win that one so I can stick it to him here at the station. <laughs> there you go. Uh, just talk about the uh, the schedule. I love seeing you know as many teams uh, against Indiana as we can. We got Notre Dame, Valpo, on the, in Indiana State, all on the schedule. Um, just your overall excitement to finally have a schedule and what it looks like right. for you
0: guys. Yeah, you know, it took a while, obviously, with all the, the TV partners that we have in the Big Ten, you know, and everything with all the, the moving parts, and they'll, they'll probably all continue to move. And so, you know, setting things up and, and getting things figured out, Elliot Bloom um, did an excellent job with our schedule and a lot, put in a lot of hard work and um, you know, just trying to get it set, which we have, but also know things are going to change. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, having those evacuation plans and being able to move and maybe get other games, you know, during the course of the season. And we have a couple things built in, you know, within the Big Ten. And um, Elliot's talked to, you know, a handful of people that are kind of on a waiting list. We're on their waiting list and they're on our waiting list. And if something happens to either one of us, and especially teams that are closer, you know, geographically, you know, in the Midwest and in Indiana. So, you know, we'll see how things go um you know each game is going to be like a challenge like you know you feed off of your um home crowd you know you have to bring your own energy um then you go on the road and you kind of feed off of people going against you even though that's a harder task you still try to do that it's um it's amazing how it it helps you when you play well yeah and then then the ball goes in but you know some of the teams were playing valparaiso and oakland and you know indiana state we're at miami of florida in the acc big ten challenge you know, we have Notre Dame in the crossroads. So, um, you know, it's it's going to be one of those things where, you know, each day is going to be different. Um, you got to prepare for your opponent. Um, get ready to get into that routine. And then, obviously, we play Ohio State as our first game in the Big Ten. Uh, I think it's December 16th, if I'm not mistaken, um, you know, at home. And then after our crossroads, we go to Illinois. Then we have Maryland – I'm at home on Christmas day, which will be pretty cool. Um, that we, we get to play on Christmas. And, and then I think we're at Rutgers or at Illinois and then at Rutgers or vice versa. I, I don't get too far down the road sure. after that. It's, you know, you've got so many games. I just kind of move game to game and week, week, I don't get month to month. Right. You know, so. I know you're definitely, yeah, coach, take
1: it one game at a time and you know, you can, you can only prepare so far ahead. Obviously you don't want to lose focus of the, the next game. You mentioned, uh, Uh, the christmas day game uh, not uh that's kind of a rare thing especially for college teams to play you mentioned you're kind of excited about it i know some people have mixed feelings on that but obviously since the players aren't going home for the holidays this year i think i think it's kind of a cool thing this year gives you guys you know christmas day a chance to maybe be in the spotlight
0: yeah well anybody who doesn't like understand that doesn't quite get you know what's going on right now in this pandemic you know, you can't ask guys to stay here on campus because it's the best thing for them from a health and safety. And then stay at the walls for eight days yeah. and not play basketball games. So I thought the team did a, you know, fabulous job to get these games for the teams that wanted them. Um, you know, it stinks that our guys can't go home. Mm-hmm. You know, it just does. But the hand that we're dealt, you know, our guys understood that. They've made the sacrifices. So we got into that. Um, that lottery of uh, playing the 24th, 25th, or 26th. You know, we don't want to be here from you know the 21st of December to the 30th and, and not have any games. And so playing a couple Big Ten games or three games in eight days or whatever we're doing, that'll keep us busy. And then you know, hopefully, as time goes on and the next Christmas rolls around, everybody will be able to go home for the four days like the, that we're accustomed to, and, and and it'll be great. But no, I thought that was a smart move on the Big Ten. I thought it was a real um, smart move by our players. You know, our players had to agree to it. They had to agree to be here. And, you know, we've had guys, you know, we've had individual guys be in, you know, quarantine for 35 days or isolation or whatever you want to call it, and they haven't tested positive. You know, it's been contact tracing. One was a seven-day false positive. And so, you know, we've had guys, uh, you know, just sit there and have to stare at the walls. And and, and so it's really, really hard. So So to talk to them about scenarios and situations like that they get it they, they've lived it and um, you know that they understand um, that we're going to be here so we might as well play games so I, it makes a lot of sense
1: yeah I uh, definitely agree and yeah i just appreciate the sacrifice yourself your your staff again your players are making just for for us to be able to enjoy watching some basketball for sure um, talk about how strange will it be to, to be playing games in mackey arena in, in an empty arena obviously one of the you know, Obviously, you and I probably feel the greatest arena in the country, but I mean, arguably, you know, national folks say that as well. It's kind of, going to be
0: kind of eerie, I think, <laughs> playing in front of a silent crowd. Well, you know, you practice in your arena all the time with nobody there. So we're, we're used to, yeah. to doing it. You're just not used to playing games that way. And so you're just going to have to make that adjustment and uh, bring your own energy and uh, be excited. And as a coach, bring your own energy. You know, I, I think it's easy to be poised in a game and, and, and stick to your decision-making when, you know, you got your players that are excited, you got your coaches that you're, they're excited as a head coach. And now you rely on your fans, you lean on your fans to bring that for you and to really get you going. And I think we're a great example of that at Purdue. And now you're not going to have that. And so you can pipe in the, the crowd noise. You can do a lot of different things. It won't be the same, but that's just the way it is. And, you know, you have to make that adjustment. But it'll be different. There's, there's no question. There's going to be a lot of things that's going to be different.
1: Yeah, it's definitely going to be a, a year unlike any other. Uh, the season, of course, always, you know, unfortunately, didn't last year. But the season usually ends with the March Madness tournament. Of course, I got cut short again last season. Uh, this week, uh, just uh, they were talking about the NCAA, talking about maybe hosting it in one city. And, of course, the top of that list is Indianapolis. So we welcome that, bring that on. would love to have the entire tournament here in Indiana. Your thoughts on that?
0: Well, obviously, that's a, that's a different deal. And that uh, they made the decision that they felt that was best uh, to have uh, an NCAA tournament. And that gives them a better chance uh, to be able to do that. So anything that we can do uh, decision-making-wise to, to, to make sure we have March Madness, you know, I'm all for it. Obviously, you're biased and you're, you're in the state of Indiana. And, you know, for them to be in Indianapolis, and it's going to be interesting to see if they can pull it off all in Indianapolis or It has to branch out a little bit, you know, around our state, which I think we have the venues, um, you know, for that. But um, with all the complications that you've had with scheduling and, you know, you see the cancellations and different things with, you know, the guidelines, whether it's state guidelines, county guidelines, you you know, national guidelines, you know, NCAA, your conference. There's just so many moving parts to try to eliminate some of those moving parts right there and get it in Indianapolis or Indianapolis area, I think was a smart move.
1: Yeah. Well, and we'll welcome it expanding it up to Lafayette, right? Play host a few games at home in the tournament. There you go. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Coach, What are your goals this season and how far do you think this team can go if, you know, obviously health and COVID aside, right? What's the, the mountaintop
0: for this team this year? Yeah, well, you're both the same every year. Like don't shortchange yourself. Like, try to win the big 10 conference um obviously you have a non-conference schedule to hopefully get you ready for conference and now the way things are like you know you play some conference games you know and then your 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 non-conference isn't finished so it's, it's a little bit you know different than it traditionally used to be um but that that's your goal never shortchange yourself people always like where they pick us they didn't pick us first a couple years ago when we won the league no one picked us to go to the lead eight you know, don't let other people write your narrative. And and now we're not getting picked high again and we have some injuries. It still doesn't mean you can't win the next game. Right. You know, just keep your focus there, win the next game. But, you know, it's always been since Coach Katie was here, each season you start and you set that goal of winning the Big Ten. And then that should, you know, put you in a position to, to get a good seed if you're competing for that or you get that. And, uh, you know, obviously the NCAA is – um it, it gets to be a little bit of a crapshoot sometimes on a neutral court but everybody you know everybody earns their way into that tournament you yeah. know and, and so it's it's tough every just to win one game in the ncaa tournament's very very difficult and so then you try to take your um, experiences in your conference which we have a great conference um to help you you know get into the ncaa tournament and win some games and so you know the, the, those are our expectations as i say i always
1: you know, I used to, when I was younger, I used to always get mad when, you know, they didn't put Purdue in the top 25 or put Purdue in the top half of the conference. But now I love it because I think it's, you know, I don't right. know if you guys handle it, but you know, I think it's motivation now and just, you know, maybe drives you guys to even uh, to prove yourself yeah. even more now.
0: Yeah, and it really doesn't matter. Like we talked about earlier about preseason stuff, it doesn't matter. Um, it has no bearing on what's going on. And You're just talking about the people that return, the season you had last year, people that are coming in, and, and they, they just try to gauge it. You know, I voted for the USA today, top 25. Elliot helps me with that, or at times just does that. Um, And it's interesting, like, when you go through and you try to figure everything out on your own to select a top 25, it's really hard to do, to be frank with you, Um, because there's so many things going on that you don't realize, first of all. And then there's so many things going on that happened last year that you can see happening again, but you're not totally sure. Um, So it's just – it's really tough. You know, as you get in the middle of the season, everybody just starts getting beat. And uh, so if, you, if you've you ever had to do that or pick a five or, um, you know, pick a preseason, you know, for your conference, it's it's, it's a little sticky. You know, hopefully you can be a, a surprise in your league and win games and put yourself in a position coming into the end of February and the beginning of March.
1: Yeah. And, of course, it's not about where you start. It's where you finish, too. Of course, a couple of seasons. you go. You you guys yourselves, you know, I think we're sitting at, what, five and four after the crossroads, and everybody yep. was wondering what was happening, and then look what happened the rest of the year. So, right. uh, obviously, also about finishing strong. A couple other things, Coach, I know you, you got to get going here soon. Um, kind of want to just kind of pick your brain on, you know, the NCAA made this uh, eligibility rule this year. So, I mean, you guys already have no seniors as it is this year. Right. So, potentially with the eligibility rules, you can go into next season again with no seniors. Talk about how you how you feel about that and how that could play out. Not just you know this season, next season, but in the future with scholarships.
0: Yeah, well, we'll see. You know how that goes. I think the the rule was great for the individual player, but um, overall roster. Man, we have four juniors, but that would mean we would have two juniors that would be here for six years. Um, Both of them are going to get their degree in the spring. And so now they want to go two years of college, pass, getting their degree. And those are going to be decisions they have to make. Obviously, we have two other juniors that then are going to get their degree um, a year from this spring. Then they would have to go another year, you know, grad school after that. And that would be the decisions, you know, they would have to make. So um, with a lot of moving parts um, with that, with the one-time transfer, that's probably going to come into play with the January vote, name, image, and likeness, dealing with a pandemic. Um, there's, I, I think there's going to be scholarships open across the country. And, 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 so, you know, you, you just have to, you know, keep recruiting, you know, keep, you know, just being transparent and being honest about where you are, um, in your recruiting, but also explain those things, explain that, you know, there, there there's going to be a process that, that every coach in America, things are going to be out of their hands and they're not going to be known. You, you're going to have to adjust, you know, on the fly, with 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 so many moving parts
1: yeah and you you mentioned the transfer rule that's coming up for a vote tell me where you stand on that because i know you've benefited from transfers and also have have suffered from guys uh, leaving the program so where do you stand on the on the transfer rule
0: well i think time tells you know how things you know pan out you know a lot of times you get guys that are ranked and some guys ranked higher or whatever people you know Blow those things up, and um, at the end, I think it's like the draft. It's like the NBA draft. Like I I just read an article on grading of every team's draft, and it's one of the stupidest things in the world um, to do. You're just writing an article from a media standpoint. It's all you're doing, but the the grade for the draft comes in three, four, or five years. Yeah, the grade doesn't come right away, and so I think the same thing kind of holds when people say, "Ah, you might have benefited from this, or you might have suffered from this." When in reality, it might be the flip on both, you know, situations of, you know, we've we've been more of a a development. We've used the fifth year transfer um, more just because it's a guy that's got a college degree. You you only haven't, you know, traditionally for one year. Um, We haven't had very many at all uh, four year transfers, even though we we do, you know, look at guys and and look at those things. But we've tried to traditionally just be from a development standpoint. Get guys, help guys, you know, get them in here, get them better, work on their weaknesses, improve their strengths, and and, and just stick with that development. I think we've, you know, had a pretty good uh, track record of developing guys and getting better. Last year, excuse me, other night was the first draft in five years that we haven't had somebody drafted, so I think that bodes well for recruits when they look at things that you're going to you're going to get a great education at Purdue you're going to win games you're going to compete for championships you know you're going to have a chance to um, be successful with your you know the degree that you get at Purdue but also successful because you're going to get better as a player on you know on that professional level so I don't agree with the one-time transfer Uh, I I don't think it makes sense in a whole for guys maybe it makes sense in in some particular um, cases but but as a whole, I I think we're doing them a disservice. I I really do. I you know I would really like to see if they do go to it, um, a freshman being able to use it. I just think so many freshmen struggle. It's so hard um, to be able to physically come in and play major college basketball or basketball in general at any level. Um, it's so hard. You know you're going against people that are bigger, stronger, they have more experience. And we all have adversity. We, we all face it now, being able to kind of work through that adversity, but still allow them to transfer. You know, I think some there's, there's positive transfers out there. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but just giving them the freedom to leave whenever something goes wrong, I don't think we're helping them grow and, and deal with that adversity. And, and like I said, there's particular examples where I, I think it's the right thing to do. But now you get guys are going to go to school for a year. They're going to struggle. They're just going to transfer. They're going to go somewhere else. That second coach is going to be harping on the same things the first. You know, be on time. You know, do what you're supposed to do. Handle your academics. Be a good teammate. You know, be able to play with other guys in structure so you can help your team win. You know, a lot of those things. You know, that that's an adjustment. You know, it's really hard. I want to see guys be successful. Period. You know, and a lot of times fighting guys. Like I, am an advocate for our players and sometimes that part of being an advocate for them is, is fighting them, you know, cause you want what's best. It's like having your own kids. <laughs> like I have no problem fighting my own kids on something you because know, you don't care. They're yours and you know, you're, we're going to do what's best for you, not what you always want to do. And so I feel the same way as a coach. Like I want to see guys take an opportunity in college, get a scholarship and now have a great career, have, you know, and have a great life. Yeah. And I want to, but you're not getting in, you're not getting all those things without discipline. You're not getting all those things without structure. It doesn't mean it's the army, but you gotta have some guardrails that start with, you know, that start with discipline and that understanding of what it takes to be successful in life and to get along with people and respect other people. And, you know, and so like, you know, just trying to encompass that big picture thing here at Purdue. Um, but like what we're trying to do, it's what everybody else is trying to do too. You know, but if we're trading baseball cards and guys are always on the move, how are they supposed to have any stability? How are they have, supposed to have any growth when something goes wrong and, and they walk out? Now you're going to get coaches that are going to have to cater to them. Now you're going to have to get coaches new and then they're going to lose their discipline. They're going to lose their structure. And, and what's that going to look like? You know, and, and so it, it's a real dicey thing. It's a hot topic. Um, I'm on the NBOC um, one-time transfer subcommittee, you know, I've I've spent a lot of time with it. Uh, I feel strongly about it, but, you know, I want to see, you know, players be successful. I want to see people across the country, even if they don't come to Purdue, I want to see them be successful. I want them to take a a scholarship opportunity and end up being a great basketball player, but I also want to see them get a scholarship opportunity. And when basketball's over, they've used that as a springboard to have a great life. Wow.
1: Well said, coach. And that's what I love about you. And you, we've talked about this before, just working through that adversity because life, life is tough. And you are preparing guys, not just for the NBA, but for life in, in general and what comes after they leave Purdue university. So I love that. And I love uh, how you, how you said that, because you know, guys, yeah, if they're just, if they're just babied and pampered, you know, they're not, they're not going to be prepared for the world after they leave Purdue. So well said no. coach, a lot of respect for you and how, how you, like what, uh, how you feel about that. So that's awesome. Uh, one more, at least one more thing here uh, before we go. Um, you know, We're talking about uh, the, uh, the next, uh, the future and the next group of kids coming in. Of course, you just inked, uh, uh, again, you don't care about rankings, right? But a uh, top 25 class and uh, Caleb First and uh, Trey Kaufman ran uh, last week. Talk about the excitement. Now that you can actually talk about them on the record since they're signed, uh, just the excitement of having those guys come in next year.
0: Yeah, really excited, you know, they, um, you know, and it's a, a rare, you get two guys that have a lot of the same qualities and a lot of the same makeup um, as, as people. So, you know, great students, um, great teammates, um, great talent, great work ethic. And, uh, you know, we're, we're excited about getting them, you know, at Purdue, but um, you know, Caleb is uh, someone who committed to us back um, in March and has uh, been been really successful, you know, whether it's high school basketball or you know, basketball, and um, very versatile, very athletic, and can has good spring to him, can really move. That mobility at that size is rare, and I think his his skills really improved and made his free throws last year shot eighty two percent. And I get worked up about you know that because you know big guys that can make free throws, I mean, that's great, that's a beautiful thing. And but I think he's really be able to develop into a good over overall player you know playing inside and playing outside and um you know trey has, um you know really worked hard also um and you know he's a guy that can really shoot the ball but has has worked on his mobility has worked on his lateral um movement um but but can score and handle the basketball and um you know play on the perimeter and knock down shots and shoot off the dribble and um he's he's been a guy that's really kind of looked um and, and and tried to find different things to improve his game he's, he's always trying to to get that advantage and just you know kind of a basketball junkie and so you know we're excited um you know about getting him and looking forward to working with him looking forward to working with him and Caleb and as you said you know we don't have any any seniors on this team and so those guys are going to come in with um, some guys that are going to have a unbelievable experience this year we don't what that experience is going to be, but I think it can make you better. And that's what we have to just keep doing is just keep getting better and hope both those guys, you know, win all their games and have success and, you know, and, and stay, um, and stay safe, you know, and, and I think for that just keep making the growth and, of uh, getting better as a team. And, uh, you know, we're excited, you know, we're excited about this season, but we're also excited about the future of Purdue basketball.
1: For sure. Awesome coach. Hey, I could talk for hours with you, but I, I know you got other things to do, so I will, I'll let you go there. But, hey, thank you so much for your time. I can't wait for the season to tip off uh, next week. Oh. You can't come here soon enough. All right, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Coach. Take care. Happy Thanksgiving. Right. See you. A reminder, you can follow the Full Steam Ahead podcast on Twitter, at Full Pod, and you can always listen to, like, comment, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio and tune in. Thanks again for listening to the Full Steam Ahead podcast. Until next time, I'm Adam Bartels.